0: Are y'all ready for the word? Thank you. We need three more people to get involved or I'm not starting. All right, go to Romans chapter 8 and then we're going to pray. Father God, I ask you for the anointing right now to share your word. Father, I believe it's a now word. I believe that you're speaking to us. I believe you're speaking to your body in these last days. And I believe that your church is going to have to start learning to listen to the Holy Ghost. I'm asking you to take it and make it a rhema word today that we walk out of here and we become pregnant with truth, and we give you glory and honor for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Romans 8, I'm actually starting a series even though it's not January. I just couldn't wait. I was just got, I decided let's get over Christmas because I want to get started. (laughs) So I'm going to do something, and I've preached on this subject before in pieces. I don't know. Whether I have really taken the time to go into it in depth. But we're going to talk this morning about how to be led by the Holy Ghost. And why we need to be led by the Holy Ghost. So Romans 8:14, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now... You and I have inside of us, go to John 14, we have inside of us God the Holy Ghost. We, we would say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Mark Hankins said, you have living in you a genius. Don't do all the talking. Um, he said, if you listen to him, he'll make you look smart, and he knows everything. Now, now listen to this statement. He knows everything and he said this to me, just because I know something doesn't mean I'm going to tell it to you. Now, why would that be? First of all, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know the names of all of the stars in the in the universe. That does me no good. So there's information That's not pertinent to my life. He's not going to bore me with that or bear down on me. But I say that because I want you to know the Holy Spirit made everything. He made every bird, every animal, every star, made the water, made the sun, and he's very smart. And he lives in you. There is no reason for you and I to go through life ignorant. With a genius in you. If we would learn to listen to him, he will help us with life. All right. Now listen to this, John 14. And we're going to be on this for a while. John 14, verse 16. And I'm going to pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he'll abide with you forever. Aren't you glad he didn't leave him when you get to heaven? the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. He dwells with you and will be inside of you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now think about this. There are people on the earth that are smart and there's people on the earth that are not. There's people who have the mind of Christ and there's people who do not have the mind of Christ. And we have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to have God thoughts running through our head. Now, that's everybody who's born again. Amen. Now, listen to this. Kenneth Hagin made a statement. Now, Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin in a vision, and he talked to him for three and a half hours about the office of a prophet. Because he was was trying to get Brother Hagin to come back over into the prophet's office. Brother Hagin, Jesus appeared to him 10 times to change church history. He is the father of the charismatic movement. He's the father of the faith message. He's the father of the prosperity message. He's the father, God the Holy Ghost used Kenneth Hagin to turn the church from a dead church to a living church. Now, he had to appear to him to do that. And he made a statement to him while he was sitting in a chair talking to it. You see, sometimes when Jesus wants to talk to you and he doesn't want you to misunderstand anything he's saying, he come to your house and sit down. Because right. you, you are such a person that I've got to make it plain to you because when you walk out, I don't need you messing up because I'm fixing to turn you loose on the whole world. So, so Kenneth Hagin, brother, so Jesus appeared to him, I think, almost 10 times eyeball to eyeball. Took him to heaven a couple of times. And talked to him about things. And he was talking about the office of a prophet. And he says, I don't lead people through the office of a prophet. Mm -hmm. He says, I lead most people through being led by the Holy Ghost. And he said to him the last time that he was with him. He said, I will never appear to you like this again. From this day forward, you like all Christians will be led by the Holy Ghost. So. There's a point in your life that sometimes all God ever gives you is a leading. And you and I have got to learn to listen what he's saying. Now, here's a word he gave to Brother Hagin when he was talking to him. He said, if you would learn to be led by the Holy Ghost, I would make you rich. Now, I knew it got quiet in this Baptist church, but come on, y'all. Rich is not a bad word. The word rich means full supply. God's not taken from you. He's a giver. He's given to you. But in your life, he has a full supply for you. But it's in his plan, not in yours. God made the garden, and then he put Adam in it. So he had a supply before he got him there. He's got a supply for you in his plan everything you will ever need in life and then some is already in his plan for you now you and i have got to learn how to listen to god and find out what he's saying to us all right now let me shock you a little tiny bit i am a word man i I am a i am a word man you know what i mean by that show it to me in the bible Show it to me in the Bible. What does the word have to say about that? Mm-hmm. But how many of you know this book doesn't have everything I need in it? Yeah. The word Apopka is not in here anywhere. I have looked. Hey, <laughs> everything. I've looked in Central Florida. It's nothing's in here. So where I'm to live, where I'm to pastor, who I'm to marry, and what is not in here. But, the, but it is in here. Yeah, right. It's in here. And God gave me the person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, to lead me and guide me through life. Now, I've also got a brain and a mind that gets in confusion with this. I got my opinion, he's got his opinion, and we usually duke it out. I've always been wrong. Anytime I've ever disagreed with him, it's always been wrong. I thought, well, who do you think you are, God or something, you know, okay, never mind. So he gave us the Holy Ghost and said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost, and, he, and it not, he's not going to leave you orphans, and, and, and you, you need to learn how to be led by him. Now listen to this statement, T.L. Osborne says, the Christian can say what no other religion can say, God lives inside me. That, folks, that's, that's, that's astonishing. God lives in me. Now, if a genius is living in you and things aren't going well, you might want to lean over there and go, uh, I think for now I'm going to start paying a little more attention to you because, because he's in you. Now, this is one of the things that I'm not allowed to do. I'm not allowed to lead you and guide you in where you're to go just because I'm your pastor. If you come to me and say, the Lord said, I'm going to go, Amen. Even though it's wrong. Who am I to buck God? But I'm going to teach you how to listen to him. And he he, he can get loud. He's not hiding his will from you. So, having said that, I'm going to read another statement here. Without the Holy Ghost, you are only a natural man. That's all you are. You are no different than a sinner without the Holy Ghost. You just wake up in the morning, and you go to work, and you hate your job, and you come home, and you hate cooking, and you cook dinner, and you hate dishes, and you throw them in the dishwasher, and you go to bed, and you wake up tomorrow morning, do it again, and then you just live a very boring life. And then you, but don't complain, you planned it. And so your life looks like a Texas highway. Telephone pole after telephone pole after telephone pole after telephone pole after telephone pole. pole. There's nothing exciting about a Texas road. But now a Colorado road is not like a Texas road. Every time you come around a corner, you go, whoo look at that mountain over there. I never saw that before. Come around another one, there's a beautiful green valley. Oh, that's awesome. That's what it's like to be led by the Holy Ghost. You may not know what's coming, but I guarantee you it's going to be neat. So, a lot of times, a lot of times we don't don't trust God and we have a boring life. Listen, learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. All right. Without the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Ghost, you are a supernatural man. Supernatural abilities. So, so Mark Hankins says, if you'll listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look smart. Now, I've said this to my kids before. And all of you that are adults, older, have said it to yours. And all of us that are older have said this statement. I wished I knew then what I know now. Okay, I'm going to come over here. I'm in this whole side of the church over there. Just. How many of you in your older age have said, Boy, when I was 20, if I knew what I know now, I wouldn't have done the stupid stuff I did. You never did that. I know you never. But you did it. Uh, All right, now listen to me. So, what you're saying is that you wish that when you were 20, you had the mind of an adult. What if you could have the mind of God? Amen. You wouldn't be so stupid right now. Amen. Yes, sir. yes, sir. I didn't say that to hurt your feelings, but I did say it. God wants to put his brain in you so you can go. Oh, man, I'm having like a god fight. Man, I'm actually mature. Imagine having, I mean, wouldn't you like to know where, wouldn't you like to have known about Apple phones when they first came out? Well, how many of you would like to have put some money down on an Apple phone? I mean, I know Starbucks is liberal, but how many of you would like to have invested in Starbucks when it first well, you'd be sitting pretty right now, baby. You'd be sitting around with lots of money. But you didn't know it. God knew it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I got, I'm on the right subject. God knows everything. And you know what? He don't mind sharing some of it with you. He's got a lot of stuff he'd like to talk to you about. If he can get you to pay attention to him. So Brother Hagin said, if you'll listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll make you rich. That means you won't be making dumb mistakes. How many of you have ever made a dumb mistake? Oh, me too, baby. I made some. I look back now and go, I wish I had never done that. I wish I'd never done. I made one one time. It only cost me $50,000 one day. I cried for muck. I got over it though. Got a Bible out. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. We're going to spend a month on this. And we're going to, I'm going to talk to you about this man, the God in you, the Holy Ghost. There's so much more for you this side of heaven that we're not taking advantage of. If you knew it was yours. Now, once when I was a boy, I stuffed some money in a, in a quiver. It was a bow quiver, an archery. I was in an archery tournament, and I stuffed a bunch of money down in it. And, you know, I had that money for years. One day I was out hunting, and I turned my quiver over, and all this money fell out. I said, I've always had that money and didn't know I had that money. How many of you know you got some money and didn't know you had any money? How many of you, when you die, find out you had all this wealth, and you're like, Nobody ever told me I had all this, well, I got all this and I didn't know I could have had all this. Well, I'm going to teach you what you got and, and how to walk in it. Okay. Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen to what God says. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Everybody say next year is going to be good. And you'll call on me and go and pray to me. And I'm going to listen to you. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and bring you back from your captivity. Now, the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you. So I want you to turn to First Kings 17. Go to First Kings 17. God has a plan for you. Now, in the world today, people say... You can be anything you want to be. That's not true. Well, you can. You don't want to. If God has a plan, he wants you to trust him. He's smarter than we are. He knows your personality better than you know your personality. And he knows how he wired you. Now, I told you the story one time about me pastoring church. I did not know I was wired like I am. But I like what I do. I, I didn't know I would enjoy preaching the word every week. I didn't know. I thought I wanted to go talk to sinners. But you know what? That, that's not exactly the life that you, I mean, you're, at, you're gone all the time. You don't have a family And so there's things about me that I look back now and I go, I'm so glad you led me the way you led me. I didn't know about Lisa until he brought her. And I went, "You, you did good, God. I like that one. I didn't know this church was here. There's a lot of things I didn't know, but God had a plan. I've learned to walk in it. I've missed it a few times. Woo, it cost me. There is no provision outside the plan. You're on your own. You don't want to be over there. Those are the people that are sitting in the room right now going, well, ain't nothing working for me. Well, you might want to find out what he wants you to do instead of what you're doing. Amen. And it takes a little bit of seeking ain't going to fall on your head like a ripe cherry. You're going to seek God. And I'm going to tell you how you know when you're miserable. You're out of the will of God. Just start praying and seeking God. What he's trying to do is get you back over where he wants you to be. Once he gets you in that spot, I didn't say it would be easy. He's not coming to make you comfortable. He's your comforter. In uncomfortable situations, he'll lead you where it's tough. But it'll make a man out of you, make a woman out of you, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, in First Kings, um, chapter seventeen, Elijah the Tishbite. Of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel is, before whom I stand, there will not be dew or rain these years except at my word. And the word of the Lord came and said, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows from the Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread. meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook and after a while the brook dried up and God sent him someplace else now how many of you understand there was provision for him at that brook so he had a place God wants you go there I'm taking care of you over there he's not taking care of you everywhere All right. now I'm going to back up a minute and I'm going to tell you a story and you've you've heard me say it before but you need to hear it again just because you heard something doesn't mean you got it Right after I got born again, um, I, I've always loved deer hunting. When I was growing up, we didn't have Nintendo, Pac-Man, Game Boy. We had BB guns, twenty twos, and 12 gauges. So if you wanted to shoot something, you went in the woods and really shot it. Never mind. So I grew up in a different world than a lot of people do. So my Game Boy was a 22 rifle and squirrels. And I'd come home with how many squirrels I took and cook them in the house. And everybody would go, what are you stinking up the house with now, Daryl? My mom made me start cooking the coons outside. I got a fire outside cooking a raccoon over a fire. And everybody thought, this guy's lost his mind. Well, that was my Game Boy back then. So... But I grew up. I loved. I love hunting and I love fishing. I love getting out in the woods and just being alone. But that was my thing. When I got born again, I still loved to hunt and fish. I still loved deer hunting. And every November, when November came, it was it was time for me to get my camo out and get my deer sense out and get my my gun out and head to the woods. But I'm laying in my bed one day and I'm reading my Bible. And I'm and I'm praying, and I'm sp- supposed to be seeking God, and I'm thinking about deer hunting. I know none of y'all have ever done this. Well, you're reading your Bible, and your mind ain't there. I mean, it's in the woods someplace, thinking about. I wonder where I need to put a tree stand up down there. I'm gonna hijack that big deer I saw the other day, and and you're pl- I mean, I'm planning this whole thing out on my own. And the Lord spoke to me and says, I take no pleasure in this. I'm supposed to be with him. Now, let me explain to you. It's kind of like sitting with your wife and you're thinking about something else. Fishing or something, you know. And she's like, honey, are you here? Oh, I'm here, baby. I'm just thinking about fishing. Okay. At least it ain't another woman. Amen. One's enough. Men, one. So no. Amen. You don't need you don't need to. You know Mormons in here. Just one. Just one. So so I'm laying in my bed and I'm thinking about deer hunting, and the Lord said to me, Why don't you get up and go? And I got my I got my rifle and headed off to the woods. And I'm walking around and I don't this guy had promised to let me hunt on his property and is in Jackson County, right outside of Athens someplace. And and, um, and so I'm out walking around, and I don't see anything. And finally, at the end of a few hours, I realize what I'm doing is not right. And so I, I went home, and I took my gun, and I put it in the closet. And I came down, and I knelt by my bed. And I said, God, please forgive me. This has been an idol to me all my life. I have done this. This is number one to me. But it shouldn't be. And so I'm laying this on the altar. And I just got up and I said, I won't hunt unless you say. And I needed to do that. I'm not telling you to do that. I needed to do that. So all during that fall, that November, people are out hunting. I'm reading my Bible and praying and obeying God and going to church and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The last day, now see, the, the, the hunting season was broke up into like a month. And then we took off. And then right around New Year's, it opened up for a week Christmas Day all the way to January. Again, so there's a hunting season and then there's a little piece of a hunting season right before the new year. Well, the last day of that month of all hunting season, I haven't been in the woods one time. I haven't even given any thought. I'm laying in bed. It's 10 o'clock in the morning and it's raining outside. And the Lord says, why don't you go hunting today? And I went, and I, I mean, uh, I've I'm, I'm got to explain to him. This is not how it's done. See, you should have said something to me this morning before the sun came up. But anyway, I'm laying there and I'm having these thoughts. It's the wrong time of day. It's the wrong, I mean, everything's wrong. And he said, well, you asked me. And then I had a thought. Well, maybe he'll bless me. You know, if he's saying go, we going to go. I said, oh, okay. So I got my gun, and I got my camo on, and my boots, and my raincoat, and I got in my little 65 Chevrolet pickup truck, and out, out to the woods I went. But you understand, I haven't been in the woods all, all fall. I don't, I don't know where to go. And I got out of my truck, and I'm standing there. The rain had stopped. It was about 11 o'clock or 11.30 by now. It's almost noon. The rain had stopped. The night before, it had frozen. There had been a frost that had been below, below 32 degrees, and the, and the fields were frozen, and the deer weren't eating, and they all came out at noon because the rain was thawing everything out, and God knew that. So I get out of my truck, and I said, I, I, don't, I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't know what to do, and he said these words to me, listen to your spirit. Now this is the first time I had ever heard that in my life. I didn't know all the stuff I know now. He said, Listen to your spirit, and I'll show you where to go. So I walked down toward the river, and I got to the river and I turned right. And when I did, I got this "Ah, This ain't this this ain't right. And I turned around and went the other way and I got this yeah in my spirit. And I just kind of was learning how to listen to God. And so I headed downriver, and I came up on a field full of deer. And I'm like, woo it's wet. They can't hear me. They don't know I'm there. And so I lifted up my rifle, and I shot at the buck. And I shot his antler off. He looks at me, and... Antlers disappears. And he screamed at me. Well, I did not know deer screamed. Scream like a woman, man. I said, you scream like a girl. And the bullet cut a little furrow right down his fanny. And he just bucked and jumped. And he took off and ran up a hill. And I said, God, the deer you promised me. And it stopped. Everybody who knows deer, no, deer don't stop after they have been shot at. And it came back. And I went, ain't nobody going to believe (laughs) this. It had gone up a dirt hill and gone into another pasture, stopped and came back down and stepped into the woods. Now, there's a green area in that little piece of woods, probably about 50 yards long and about 25 or 30 yards deep just a little green area in the, in the field and I couldn't see the deer and now don't do what I'm about to tell you I shot into the bushes and I shot the deer through the heart and I didn't see it I snuck up on that little patch of woods and I saw that buck laying there dead I had a Holy Ghost fit. <laughs> I had never in my life, I've been hunting one day, had a deer run away, come back and shot one without seeing it. I'm having a God day. Yes, totally. I'm dancing with my rifle around this deer and I'm going, there is a God, there is a God. And I, anyway, I got, I came out of the woods that day and I, and I got to hunt one more time uh, the next week and shot a second deer Two times in the woods, two deer. That's not the way I normally do it. But when I was standing there in the woods having a Holy Ghost fit, the Lord said these words to me. I brought you out here today to teach you how to be led by the Holy Ghost. You don't have to spend a month hunting. You just listen to me, I'll show you where deer are. He wasn't saying that for deer. He was saying that for money. healing, whatever you want in life, learn to listen to your spirit. And and it sounded like this. Listen to your spirit, Luke. All right, some of y'all got it. Some of y'all are looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're reading this about Elijah, and you're reading that God led him to the brook. I have endeavored since that day to only do what I have inside my spirit. Now, I could go into great detail, but right now I don't feel led to do that. I don't have enough time to do this. But when I was working, the Lord led me to get a job at CertainTeed. They were grooming me to manage it. Mike Nasera, the, the manager of CertainTeed, was bringing me in his office every day because the anointing, he saw something on me, and it was making me money. They were promoting me inside of a system that had a seniority system, and they were bypassing it, and, and, and I, was making, I was making more money than I would ever made in my entire life. But it's the anointing. And then there came a day when the Lord says, pack it up, move to Tulsa. Now, I went from making a lot of money to making $20 a day in the will of God. But I'm being led by the Holy Ghost. Now, see, here's why I say this. Because a lot of times you'll find out that the things God's saying for you to do, you'll go, Excuse me? You want me to do what? And your head will fight you. But you've got to learn that... that knowing, that that love, that peace, that joy that guides you on the inside. That you know that you know that you know I'm supposed to go. Amen. Or I'm supposed to stay. Don't ever leave a relationship because you're upset. That's your flesh leading you. If you can leave a relationship and you're at perfect peace then leaving it then that's God. But if it's because you're mad, you, the devil's ruling you. All right. It's quiet in this Baptist church, but that's okay. I'm not going to go here, but remember in Genesis chapter 6, God told Noah to build an ark. Let me ask you a question. How many people in the Bible did God tell him to build a boat? Just One. So you, you, we can't pick up our Bible and read it and go, well, the Lord showed me that we need to be building an ark right now. Well, he didn't tell anybody else to build an ark but Noah. Right. See, you can't, you can't take your leading and give it to another person. Yeah. And you also can't always pick up someone else's book, How I Made a Million Dollars. Right. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. God didn't tell you that. Okay, okay. I have read books on how to pastor a church, and I'm going to tell you this right now up front. Nothing I've ever read helped me. Because he didn't say it to me. He said it to Joe Schmo who wrote the book. And I found out he made a lot of money selling to me the book. I'm saying that because a lot of times we go to the world... And ask them how they're doing it. They ought to be asking us how we're doing it. They don't have the Holy Ghost. And yet we're going to their seminars. Oh boy, it's quiet in this Baptist church. Everything I've ever done in this church that I read in a book, it stressed me out. And all the work I put in it, nothing good ever happened. It's cost me money. I read a lot of books, listened to a lot of CDs from great leaders, but he didn't tell me to do that. And the few times I did do it, it cost me so much money I had to stop it. And I've had to learn now, I go back, if if he wants me to read somebody else's book, I, I pray over it, but is that what you're wanting me to read? If you're reading a ton of books, you're stressing out, you're put them down and then pray in the Holy Ghost and enjoy your life. Life's not supposed to be that difficult. Alright. So God never told anybody to build an ark, but you ever notice that he gave them the exact plans? Mm-hmm. Did you know they found out that they, they, somebody later said, whoever built that ark was a genius because he built a boat that can't be sunk and can't flip. It, no matter what hit it, it always stayed bottom down. How many of you think that might be necessary when you have a bunch of elephants in there? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now, he didn't get that plan from a book. He got it from God. Yeah. God has a plan for you. Yeah. And, he's, and he's like, do this and do this and do it this way. And I'm telling you, it'll make you rich. It'll, it, more y'all. I know y'all didn't. Yeah. See, you're going to have to now We're entering a time zone we've never been in. Now, I'm going to say something right now, and I'm not not trying to make you patriots mad. We can't go back to the Civil War and the Revolutionary War. We're not dealing with Britain. Our enemy is not walking around this nation in red coats. We don't even know who they are. You're going to have to get a game plan from God if you want to turn this nation back to God. And muskets and ARs not going to fix it. If it comes down to it, I would highly recommend you carry something with you when you leave the house. Big stick, worst case scenario. That's just me. Now I'm going to say something to you about guns and a lot of women in here don't like it. Why do angels carry swords? Because it's cool? No. It's for self-defense. Against whom? Well, we all know it's spiritual. Sure we do. But it's still a sword. I don't think there's anything wrong with you carrying one. I think if David had had a glock, he'd have carried it. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. What do you think he was doing out there all that time with that, with that sling? Do you think it was the first time he ever slung a rock? Oh no, What do boys do all day when they're watching sheep? They pick up rocks and sling it at everything. I mean, I mean, he had to have been real good. And God's got him out there going, oh, you better pick up some rocks and throw them today. I got a big giant for you coming up and you might want to learn how to use that little thing of yours. Uh-huh. Now remember this, Saul had, a, had an AR and a bazooka and David said, I don't know nothing about all that stuff. My Glock 19 will have to work. Okay, never mind. I need a little help from some people right now. I'm starting to feel like... Why did Jesus tell Peter to get a sword? To start a revolution? No, that's what Peter tried to do. Whack his ear off. Ba- no, put it down. He, he, anytime someone knows your arm, they'll leave you alone. And you may not agree with our governor, but he made a law that if someone bust into your business, shoot them. Why did he say that? To keep them from busting in your business. I was a crook. I didn't rob houses with lights on. I never went in someone's home if they were home, especially if they had a gun. Only all you ever do is break in places where nobody's going to harm you. So if they know, come on, y'all. Come on, help me out a little bit here. I still remember being a sinner. We went out one night and were picking up air conditioners on the side of the road. But we only went to neighborhoods where there was no street lights. Once they had to put a street light up, we didn't go in that neighborhood. See, once when you put a sign, I got a sign out by my house that says, You're on camera. And another one, Beware a dog, he don't bark. There's a reason for that. And then there's one says, "You don't want to." Me. And I got the owner's like, "Like this guy's carrying member of the NRA." <laughs> don't, huh? We don't dial <laughs> yeah, we don't dial nine one one. I am nine one one. All right, never mind. Nothing wrong with you protecting yourself. I told one. Guy, I said, "I'm I'm I'm 67. I'm too old to fight. That's why I carry it. Never mind." All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. First Samuel 16. We're going to come back to First Kings. Go to First Samuel 16. I'm showing you a few scriptures here because I have to make a point. 16, verse 1. And the Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. I have provided myself a king among his sons. Verse 13. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David... From that day forward, so Samuel rose and went off to Ramah. Some of y'all are like, I didn't know he went to Ramah. Well, it says he went to Ramah. I saw all ministers that are good, any good go to Ramah. So, David is the shepherd boy. What changed? The Holy Ghost. Yeah. The Holy Ghost made a king out of a boy. If that worked under the Old Testament, would it work now? Why does the New Testament say that you are now a king and a priest unto God? It's the Holy Ghost that's anointing you to rule and reign. The closer you are to him and the better you know him, The more you're going to rule and reign on this earth like a king, and the less you know about him, the more of a pauper you will be. If that worked for David, that's Old Testament. Do you think it worked for you? All right, I got another scripture. Now go to 1 Kings chapter 3. You're going to go back to the right again. And you're going to find this all through your Bible. You're going to find it. We're not going to go through all of them. We're only going to go through a, a, a couple this morning because I got plenty of weeks left. First Kings. And this is really like the Mac Daddy of them all right here. This, this is like a, a, one of the neatest stories in the Bible. First Kings chapter 3. And I'm going to ask a question because we're going to talk about Solomon. And I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't want you all to get mad at me. All of you people that have been to school, nothing wrong with school if the Lord led you to go. Like, like Ty, I don't want anybody being a doctor if he ain't been to school. Don't, don't pull a scalpel out if you ain't been to school. You ain't cutting on me, baby. So there are people that God has told them to go to school. But I'm saying this, Solomon never went to school. And he never read a book. He never even read a leadership book. He doesn't even know who John Maxwell is. It's quiet in his church. I'm trying to tell you something that that a lot of stuff the world's telling you is overrated. If you want to go to school, go in God and go full of God. If you, if, you have a, if you have a college education and you don't know the Holy Ghost, you're still not that smart. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. All right. A lot of kids went to school, and their light bills are being turned off, and the electrician that's outside working on his lights makes $100,000 a year, and he's got an education in making thirty. dollars Listen, let, let's stop... Let's stop looking down our nose at what we call blue-collar workers. You have to be very smart to build houses. Now, here's, here's me. If I wasn't pastoring, I ain't sitting in no desk. I would probably buy 1,000 acres and build like a 100 houses, all of them worth about a half a million apiece. And I'd be a millionaire. We had a guy living across the street. He's a carpenter. And he's a multi-millionaire. we got to stop looking down our nose at people who we don't consider went to school and are successful. If they're in the will of God and obeying God, God can make them rich. Amen. Amen. And we have people on the planet that need to be electricians. And they need to be carpenters. No one said they had, listen, if you don't like what your boss is paying you, start your own company. I said this one time, and if if I was young today, I'd go to work at Starbucks, and I'd learn to make coffee. And in one year, I'd start my own, call it (laughs) Daryl's. You know this little lady over here that started, what's this little coffee place? Cannon. Cannon. She's just a tongue-talking devil-chasing Holy Roller. That is a neat little coffee shop, and that's one smart woman. And really, she ought to have a cannon in every city in this state nation. That is, she is, well, she's got it own. And you look around and the whole little house is full of kids studying and drinking coffee. Yeah, that's no. true. That's true. And I would rather do that than sit in a desk. I hate desk. I have one back there. to say, how come your office is little? It don't need to be no bigger. I don't ever come to it. I can't stand it. I'd rather sit at home and read them a Bible and pray in the Holy Ghost and amen. Thank you, Jesus. So if that's your personality, you follow the way God wired you. I believe, I, I have people I know that can sell so well. They could sell an ice cream to an Eskimo. They can sell anything to anyone I have, I have stuff I own and I have to give it away because nobody ever buys it even though it's worth something. I'm just not a sales man. But give me a Bible. Give me a Bible. And we're talking different now, baby. All right, now. Let's read this, First King, You be you, you be the best you you can be. Go back and study men like Colonel Sanders started off making chicken and he, he had a filling station and all he wanted to do was to get people to stop and buy gas. So he made chicken, but he couldn't cook it fast enough. So he says, I've got to learn a way to cook the chicken quicker. So he started pressure cooking chicken. No one had ever done it before. And he's, all he is is a man running a filling station. Came up with a fast way to make chicken. And everybody's coming in to buy his chicken and putting gas in their car. After a while, he just got rid of the pumps. And everybody's running around licking their fingers and going, we've been to the colonels, you know. And he made a million dollars and he's just trying to make fast chicken. Are y'all out there or did you go home? Come on, folks. There's a lot. There are songs that have never been written. There's inventions that have never been made. And we've got some kids in this room right now. And you got the mind of Christ. There's a, you, man, you ought to be rocking the planet. If you ever find out who you are. Think about the fact that you have the mind of Christ. That's a lot of wisdom in your, inside of you. He will show you some stuff. There was a man at Ramah a boy went to Ramah. And he was walking through from classroom to classroom one day. And he said, God, I know you want me to be a missionary, but I need money. And as he was watching the backhoe outside dig the ditches during school, he noticed when the guy swung the backhoe, it swung and swung and swung and swung and swung and then stopped. And he looked at it and said, you know, that's wasting a lot of time. And the Holy Ghost, showed him how to put something on the backhoe so it would always come back and stop and cut their time in half. He wrote it up and sold it for $1 million. That well, was a good 10 minutes. Y'all are looking at me like a dog in a new bowl. Are you serious? Okay. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night and said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, in an uprightness of heart with you. And you have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. He's talking about himself. Now, right now, you need to understand, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's not that old. And the Lord, my God, you have made your servant a king instead of my father, David. But I am a little child, and I don't know how to go out and come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Now, I want you to get an understanding here. He's just been made the king, and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's going to God and going, you're going to have to help me out here. You, My dad has just anointed me to be king. And man, I don't even know how to go in and out of this building. <laughs> have you ever felt like, uh, help me, Jesus? Okay. God will place you places. That you may not know what you're doing when you begin. But he'll give you the wisdom to do it. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart. To judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon had asked this thing. God said, because you've asked me this thing, you have not asked me long life for yourself, you have not asked me for riches for yourself, and you've not asked me for the life of your enemies. You've asked for yourself an understanding and to discern justice, to do right. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you nor shall be like you after arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked me for, riches and honor, so there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all of your days. God made Solomon, I hate to use this word, filthy rich. And all he did was God gave him his brain. Now think. Now stop for a minute and think about what I just said. I, I'm not making fun, but he didn't go to school. He didn't do the three year pr- fast track program. He's getting up off his knees with the wisdom of God that made him the wisest man walking the earth. That's Old Testament. You ready? I'm fixing to give you another scripture. Are you ready? Look at Matthew twelve forty-two. Turn over there. I'm going to put it, read it off the screen. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and a greater than Solomon is here. So who is greater than Solomon Thank you, Lisa. Anybody else in here? Say Jesus. What does it mean when he says, you have the mind of Christ? Listen to what I'm going to say. You're smarter than Solomon. You have a greater anointing than Solomon. That's an Old Testament scripture, and I'm going to read you another scripture here. Are you all ready? Somebody say amen. Amen. We've not learned to tap it. We need to. I want to read one more too, and I'm going to tell you another story. Matthew 11:11. 11, 11. Jesus said, "He who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than any Old Testament prophet. Say me." Amen. All right, let me tell you another story. Kenneth Hagan a, did a series. On how to be led by the Holy Ghost. Now what he did was this. When Jesus appeared to him one time. I was telling you a while ago. And he said to him. He says, he said brother Hagen. He said from this day forward. I want you to learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. And teach my people to be led by the Holy Ghost. And if they will learn. I will make them rich. Now he told him that. Now. There was a brother Hagen. Then. Well, he didn't do anything with it for a while, but he went back and he began teaching during one of his seminars how to be led by the Holy Ghost. There was a bankrupt businessman named Barry Hahn that got the tapes, the cassette tapes and listened to them over and over and over. And Brother Hagin went in, the book's out there, how to be led by the Holy Ghost in case you don't have the cassette tape, all of the information's in that book. He said, I listened to that book over, I mean, that tape over and over and over and over. And uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. How to listen and be God inside minded. He said, I had $200 to my name, all I had. And I went into my closet and I laid it on the floor and I prayed, God, show me where to invest this money. And he began to pray over that money. He said, I didn't invest in anything until I had an okay from God. He said, I took that $200 and invested it, and it made me money. The Holy Ghost showed me what to do, and it made me money. I took that money, which was several thousand, and I reinvested it. In several years, he gave an offering to Rama of $1 million. And then he makes a statement. He stands up at camp meeting. And he says, I will match everything that comes in the night up to $1 million and I will write the check. And it won't even touch what I have. Well, Brother Hagin gave him the platform and let him talk. He said, I have never lost a penny listening to the Holy Ghost. Say wow. Say it backwards. We're going to spend some time this month talking about the greater one in you. You have gifts in you that were put in you by God. You're going to have to learn to develop them. They're not, they not automatic. You've got to develop them. Gifts of the Holy Ghost. If you're a businessman, you can develop the gift of God in you to where you, where you never lose a dime. Come on, y'all, listen to me. This is better than Wall Street. Rick Renner said, my family and I, we live in Moscow, and we always look forward to going on vacation every year. Getting out of Moscow. It's cold, and it just it a dirty city, the whole nine yards. So one year, he, he, he was going to Sri Lanka, and the Holy Ghost said, he, every time he get before the Lord and pray, The Spirit of God would say, don't go. Now, you know, in your mind you're going, why not? Rick has never heard of a tsunami. Guess what hit Sri Lanka when he was supposed to be there? The tsunami. Holy Ghost told him, don't go. Don't shout me down. We're entering into a time right now where you're going to need to know whether to get on a plane or not. You're going to need to know whether to go in that grocery store or not. You're going to need to know which job to get that you're going to make money and then give up the other one because it's going to go under. You're going to have to know these things. God is not keeping anything from you. But the more you know God, the Holy Ghost, your life is is going to blossom right now in this time you're going to prosper Amen. Yes, sir. you know that every time I prayed for healing God didn't always give me a scripture I was in the woods one day I was down in Christmas in the swamps hunting and my knees began to hurt and I got my Bible out I'm a word man and I said I take authority over the pain in my knees in the name of Jesus And I limped out of there. And I got home and I got some more scriptures. And I went in there. I prayed in the Holy Ghost. I bound the devil, loosed the devil, spoke healing over my body in the name of Jesus. You know what happened? Nothing. I said, okay, God. There's got to be a little bit more to this than meets my eye. I don't understand why it's not working. And he said this to me. Change what you're eating. I thought, well, where's that in the Bible? It ain't in the Bible. The Jews had a great diet. And I'd always thought, well, have had a great diet, and they were sick. I mean, apparently it's not the diet. But, you know, for me that day, it was diet. I quit drinking Cokes. I used to drink Cokes. Aqu- that was my last Coca-Cola. A lady came to the church about a, two weeks later, a week later, and handed me a big bag full of herbal teas and vitamins and I started learning something about the food I was putting in my body. And after I stopped eating the junk, all my pains and my knees went away. Now, is that, does that mean that now I need to write a book that if you're sick, do these things? No. You need, you need to hear from God. I'm going to say it again. You need to hear from God. Holy Ghost is smart. He, They that are led by the Holy Ghost to the sons of God. Now, I'm not going to take the time right now. I'm out of time. I had one time that the Lord told me not to do something. And I did it anyway. And I'm going to tell you why. I got to reasoning in my soul. He told me not to sell the Effie house. I bought it for 70, I built it for 72, sold it for a quarter of a million dollars. But, some, but someone says, the beltway's coming through your backyard. And I woke up and thought, I don't want no beltway in my backyard. And so I got, I, I dismissed what the Lord said, and I sold it. And we bought that cab Right off the bat, we lost $50,000. That was the beginning of the hell. I went to God and I said, oh, forgive me. It took us years to get over one stupid. I mean, if the Lord tells you don't do it, don't do it. I mean, he's not stupid. So I'm very leery now. I get an idea, I go, let me pray about this. I'll tell you about another one. You know the scripture, going to all the world? I thought he wrote that in the Bible for me. I was down in Cuba once, preaching. And the Lord said, what are you doing down here? I went, what do you mean, what am I doing down here? I'm preaching the gospel. You said. He said, I didn't tell you to come here. I went, oh. He said, I told you to pastor that church. Now go home. I have a place called there. You have a place called there. See, you, you, you can get in your head. I mean, some of y'all got some good ideas. They ain't God. (laughs) Don't shout me down. And some of you got some ideas that are God. And the more you pray about it, the more peace you're going to have. And I'm going to tell you something right now. It's very dangerous to live on this planet. Every person, not every person, that's not true. Many people told Kenneth Hagin, if I had listened to the Lord, One man lost his wife and his kid. He said, something was telling me, don't do that, don't go, don't go on this trip. But he says, I just bypassed it. See, a lot of times things happen and we go, why God, why? Well, my question is, why weren't you listening? Why why haven't you learned to develop a sensitivity to him? Mary Fran got on an airplane one time. She got off. And then and well, she didn't actually get on it. She was about to get on it. And, and uh, you know, the, the airlines have a fit. If you give up your seat, they want to know why. What would you put on the belly of this plane? Because cause if your bags are on it and you're not, they want to know why are your bags on this plane. They'll stop that whole flight and get your bags off to find out what's in them. That scares them. And she, she didn't take that flight. Did it crash? Yeah. Don't shout me down. I could tell you a lot of story. Can I tell you one more? When I worked construction, I hated my job. I hated my job. I tried every week to get a new job. I'd come home and I'd put out. I mean, I spent my whole waking time looking for work. What I didn't know was I was about to go through a divorce. I was making more money. I was making all the money I needed to go through the time ahead. I wouldn't have made it anywhere else. I wanted to give it up because they, the people were bothering me. I was uncomfortable. We could do this all day. One of the greatest things I've ever learned in my life was that day, dear honey, how to listen to God the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Can I tell you one more story? And I don't know, just it's funny. It's just funny. I did something one day and I, I and I've thought about doing it with the lottery, but I've never had the guts. I wanted to know how sensitive my spirit could be. I flipped a coin over 100 times. And I guessed it 100 times. Isn't that wild? I'm like, that's tales. I just knew it in here. Now that helps me when I'm walking along in the church and I tag someone and I know things. God's developing that. There is gifts in me I'm planning on developing this year that are dormant. There's gifts in you. I want you to start developing those gifts. Is this good? Are you all ready for the next couple of weeks? Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father... Teach me to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Teach me to be led by the Holy Ghost. I want to know when you say go. And I want to know when you say stop. I want to know about my job. Do I stay? Do I go? In the name of Jesus. Now if you're a businessman, I want you to pray this. Say, Heavenly Father. Lead me in my business to where I need to be, where the money is. So I'm not wasting time like you did, Barry Hahn. I don't want to waste any more money. In Jesus' name. All right, we're about to have the next month is going to be a fun. Because the Holy Spirit in you. The greater one. I wake up in the morning and I say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will condemn it and prove to be wrong. I don't have a care on this planet. And I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. And, I, and, I, and I'm out of time. I'm, I'm 1201 right now. I'm way out of time. But, I, but I'm going to tell y'all, when we get in this, this series, I'm going to start showing you how the Holy Ghost has shown me stuff that's made me a, a money. How he showed me how, to, how he saved my life two or three times from dying. I mean, I, mean we, I just don't have any more time today. But there's so much more in this that you and I must learn now and the time we're in. To follow him. Because we're living in a perilous times. But I'm not participating with their mess. Right. That's right. Amen. I'm having a good year. Amen. Amen. You got this? Amen.
1: Bye. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, I just wanted to mention this to you. That in the days... Remember when Dr. Varallo... What was the main thing you took away from the last time she was here? She, thank you. Eyes on me. No matter who takes office... I want you to remember one thing, eyes on Jesus in the days of Jesus's birth of his life and ministry and of Paul, the apostle, where the gospel made it everywhere to the whole known world and people's lives were changed. They were ruled by Rome. They didn't get to vote. They didn't have elections. It was, it was Herod the great. Then it was, you know, Augustus and Caesar Octavius. And then it was King Agrippa. They were ruled by Rome. Rome was a heavy-handed ruler. And they told the Jews what they were going to do. And they taxed them heavily. And they did not have a choice. And the gospel made it out in the whole known world. You remember this. Eyes on me. There is no savior in one man or the other, but there is a savior in your heart and can rule and reign in your life and in your everyday affairs. If you'll keep your eyes on Jesus during this time. And as pastor was saying, and I challenged the first service, I'm going to challenge you find the time in your day where you can dedicate quiet, undistracted time to the Lord. And pray in the Holy Ghost. Just a few minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of praying in the Holy Ghost in the morning will set your day. And he will actually during the day bring something to you to either go this way or that way or don't do this. And something will come up. If you'll just challenge yourself, Lord, what time of the day or the night before? I tried it at night. Didn't work for me. I I fell asleep. And I'm not a morning person. But I, I finally just went to the Lord and said, I need you to help me. Help me find that time of day when no one is distracting me and I'm not being pulled. And he started waking me up at six and wouldn't let me go back to sleep. So now it's six or 630 and I get 30 minutes to an hour of undistracted time. I can use that time any way I want. And, uh, hopefully it's not on my phone. i lay my phone somewhere else. Amen. So if you'll just start your new year, don't try to come up with 12 new year's resolutions. Come up with one, Lord, when is the best time for me? When's my time where I can spend that undistracted time and pray in the Holy spirit and let the genius go to work for me. There's a genius living inside of you. My altar workers can come forward. If you need prayer this morning, come on forward. If you need prayer for any reason, come on forward. Acts 16 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. If you've never made Jesus Lord, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. Don't wait another moment. Your life is not guaranteed. Your life is not guaranteed. There's no protection. There's no covenant for you and you could go tomorrow. You could go today and you would end up in hell. Oh, you said that word. I did say that word cause it's real. There is a hell to shun, but there's a heaven to gain. If you make Jesus Lord, there is a heaven to gain trust in the shed blood of jesus for you so if you have any needs for any other area they're willing to spend time with you they're not in a rush you might be in a rush but they're not they want to spend that time with you If, if the rest of you can just exit quietly and uh we will go ahead and end the service we hope you enjoyed this message by word of life church